Welcome back. You're watching Traders Corner and joining me as always is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, welcome. Hi, Julieta. Garth, it's quite a busy show today. Uh, lots of trades to get through, but I know you want to start off with the S&P 500, um, which has been ticking higher, but it's also been very interesting to see what has led it higher. And some stats came out this week showing that it's almost entirely due to the tech stocks. That's right. Yeah. So the S&P 500 chart here you can see uh, is bumping up against this resistance area at 2800. You can see that that is significant in the sense that it was the peak that we saw in late February and again in early March and then in the middle of June there recently and now it's once again bumping up against that 2800 area. Now it remains to be seen whether it is able to break through that area or not. If it does manage to break through then there's a gap in the chart sitting up at 2850 which could potentially be targeted but on the other hand if it fails here and and begins to turn lower then maybe we see another pullback down towards that 50-day moving average but overall I mean I think the pattern of rising highs and rising lows over the last three and a half months does probably still bode fairly well for this index even if it doesn't make a breakout on this attempt right now the possibility still exists that it might do it at some stage soon. But like you said, the tech stocks really are what are driving this market at the moment. Um, and we talk about the FANG stocks, so Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Um, Responsible for 98% of the yeah. S&P's gains. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's a phenomenal number. And you know, I look through the S&P 100 every Monday as part of my sort of trading routine. And so I look at each of the stocks in that index of 100 stocks and I can tell you from looking at them the vast majority of those shares actually don't look great at all <laughs> but when you when you include the, the FANG stocks or your tech stocks um, that's where all the gains have been coming from and it, it's very very skewed in favor of the tech stocks and then obviously overnight now we've had Netflix coming out with numbers that have missed estimates so when that stock opens today it's probably going to be down quite sharply so it's interesting to see what's happening there. And a lot of people are talking about another tech bubble being uh, inflated with these FANG stocks doing what they are doing. Yeah. So certainly reason to be a little bit cautious, I guess, if, if there's not a huge amount of breadth driving this U.S. market. Yeah. And as it pertains to our own market, which has had a terrible week, I think, yeah. are we down about 5%? Is it as much as that? It is. It's about 5 even more than 5% uh, if you take from the very high last week, Tuesday, when we were sitting here, <laughs> to this morning's low. It's, it's even closer to 6%, actually. Uh, there's our top 40 future over the last, uh, going back to February, really. Um, you can see the upper boundary of this range is at 52,500. And literally last Tuesday, we were sitting here saying, well, it's close to 52,500. We wonder whether it's going to fail there or whether it's going to break to the upside. And of course, fast forward one week, and you can see we've had a fairly dramatic sell-off. Mm. What happened last week, uh, Monday and Tuesday, was interesting. That way I'm pointing out there now is what we refer to as an island reversal. That's where you get a gap to the upside and then very soon after a gap to the downside. And that is almost like a little piece of trade that's broken away from the rest of the chart, and hence the name that it looks like an island um, sitting out there. And that is quite a rare occurrence to get that, and it does very often signal a fairly violent reversal in the opposite direction, and that's exactly what we've got. Mm -hmm. This market is down over 3,000 points from a week ago when we were sitting here. The bottom end of that channel comes in at 49,000, as you can see there. And I, I, I use that 49,000 area loosely because, you know, you can see back in June it actually went to 48,500. In early April it went actually to 47,000 yeah. very, very briefly, but not for long. So 
that area around about 49,000 is where there is some lateral support. And um, we've been close to that area this morning. So far as we sit here, we seem to be holding that support. But I think what's going to be quite telling from here is what type of recovery we get and what sort of a bounce. What I've noticed on this pullback is that the market doesn't feel like there's been any panic. Whereas on those previous moves down towards 49,000, know, when it got down to that area, it actually felt a little bit panicky. And this time it hasn't. And, and that's strange to me. So, so maybe the panic is still to come. Well, that's, the, that's what I worry about, is that if we actually start to break, out, uh, break down below that 49,000 area, that very well could actually signal some panic then if that starts to happen. So I'm a bit wary of that in, in, in the near term. Which is influencing the biases that we are going to show in some of the trades. But yeah. let's start with a recent trade in which you went long of a stock. And unfortunately, it sort of fizzled out and not the way you wanted it to. Yes, this was Mondi. So Mondi is one of the few shares in our top 40 index that is actually trending higher and consistently making higher lows and higher highs. There's not many stocks that look like this. And uh, what I did about two weeks back, maybe even three weeks back, I think, was we went long once the stock had pulled back to that uptrend support. It reversed up off of that rising trend very nicely. And I went long with 390 CFDs at 354 Rand 20 with a stop loss of 348. Now I was looking for a move to 375, which effectively would have equated to the high that we saw in early June. Yeah. And I was silly that I didn't take profits because it got fairly close and I was waiting for that 375 area to be reached and it didn't quite get there, it then pulled back and I thought, well, you know, it's still a constructive looking chart setup. I'm going to just hang out and wait for that uh, next move up. And as it turns out, it hasn't gone back up there. And it's now begun to make a lower high and another lower low. And it's beginning to actually break below this rising trend now, which indicates that the upward momentum is starting to dissipate to some extent. So when it broke below that, that rising trend, I then took that as my cue to exit the trade. So I got out at 357 Rand 80. Um, we did still make some money here. We made 850 Rand, which whilst it's a profit, it's very disappointing in the sense that we were up over 5,000 yeah. Rand on this, on this at one stage. So, you know, the lesson again, and I say it so often, is that it's difficult to know exactly the right time to sell. Because in this case, we overstayed our welcome. And in fact, I should have maybe said, well, once it got to 80% of our profit objective, take that profit, be happy with it, and walk away and do the next trade. Which, which one has done well in this year? Not, if it doesn't get quite to your target, get out quickly. And yeah. uh, um, sort of taking a much more short-term approach to trading this year than, than normal. Yeah, that's right. That's been the way to make money. And where we have done well on our trades this year have generally been where we've taken a quick profit and we haven't hung around too long. Yeah. What about Netcare? Uh, that was a short, and that seems to have done pretty much what you wanted it to do. Yes. Yeah, so this was last week's trade, and at the time I said that the stock had broken down below this descending triangle pattern. The break below 29 Rand there was bearish. We then saw a throwback to retest that what was then resistance at 29 Rand, and you can see that area also comes in as the underside of the 50-day moving average. We saw a beautiful uh, shooting star reversal pattern off of that resistance area last week, and that was when we did the trade. So we went short uh, of 2,500 CFDs at 29 Rand, and I was using a stop loss there, 30 Rand per share. And I was looking for a move down to 26.50, which is effectively the support line, which is indicated by that dotted line over there. Yeah. Now, 
in line with not doing what <laughs> we did with, with Mondi, um, it got close. It's got to 27 Rand yesterday and again earlier this morning. And I've actually banked that profit um, at 27 Rand, not quite waiting for the 26.50 target to be met. I, st I think it might still be met. But you know what? It got close enough to our target that I've decided to bank that profit and lock it up. And effectively, we can put, you know, chalk this up as a winner. We made 4,822 Rand here after costs were included. So that's a good trade. And again, it's another one of these where it worked off the bat immediately. And we've managed to bank our profit effectively inside of a week on this, which is not bad going. No, not at all. Um, Garth, the other trade that, uh, that, um, uh, that you flagged last week but didn't enter was a potential short in telecom. You have now gone into a short position on telecom. Yes, that's right. I spoke about this and I said it was something to watch for the week ahead. So we've actually enacted a trade here. Um, what I pointed out last week was the fact that there's this big head and shoulders pattern on telecom, which is evident. You can see that downtrend indicated over there as well lower highs and lower lows over the last two months or so. And what I'd said is that if we got a throwback to the underside of that head and shoulders pattern and a reversal down from there, that would signal an area to get short. And we would then look for a move down towards the December lows, which come in at around about 45 Rand per share. Now, you can see it did reverse quite nicely from about 51 Rand. I ended up going short at 50 Rand and 40 cents. Um, stop loss I'm using is 52 Rand, and I'm then obviously looking for the target to the downside at 45 Rand. So quite a nice risk to reward ratio set up here. You can see the red block there indicates the risk. That's yeah. the difference between where we go short and where our stop loss would take us out. And then the downside to 45 Rand um, is quite significantly bigger than what our risk is here. Yeah, we'll take us through that in more detail. Uh, yeah, so we shorted 50 Rand and 40 cents, stop loss at 52 Rand. The risk per share, therefore, is 1 Rand 60 per share. I'm risking 1.5% of our capital here. So that means I'm willing to basically lose 1.5% of the money that we have in our account if I'm wrong. That means that with 172,000 Rand at our disposal right now, I can risk 2,580 Rand here. Taking that capital risk of 2,580 Rand and then I divide it by 1 Rand 60, which is our risk per share, gives me a number of 1,612 shares. So rounding that off, I'm doing a short here with 1,600 CFDs. Uh, my target, like I said, is 45 Rand to the downside, which means my risk to reward ratio is 1 to 3.3. So quite a nice, healthy risk reward ratio there. Yeah. Garth, I have to say, um, if you look at the, the bias of your recent trades, they've been predominantly uh, short. Mm. Um, is that, you know, you, you trade what you see? So b because yes. historically, you, you're much more of a bull um, and you seem to prefer taking long positions, but this is a bit of a... And a yeah. button. That's right. You do trade what you see. And the reality is that the domestic sectors of our market right now are very, very weak. And there's been a lot of bearish setups. So if you look in the financial space, in the industrial space, and generally in our Findi area of the market, there's been a huge number of potential shorting opportunities available. And as such, you trade them as, as shorts. You trade what you see. And if the opportunities are on the short side, we've got to take them. Yeah. Um, and, and it's worked for us lately. I have to say, I got a very disturbing, it was a note from, I think, Niels Heineker, who's the Uber bear at Nedbank, yes. yesterday, just saying, it's utter doom and gloom on the market. <laughs> He's very had... bearish. I remember once having lunch with Niels, and, it, and I almost wanted to go home and sell everything, including my house and car and everything. He's very bearish. <laughs> In-laws, parents, <laughs> wife and children. Um, Garth, there's another sh um, slide that, that you want to bring up on this week's show, um, because, so... In the context of perhaps markets that might be 
showing potential signs of strain. So notwithstanding that the S&P 500, which we started off with, has had a very good run so far, but as we pointed out, helped there only by a few shares. Mm. Um, you've had maybe weaker than expected GDP out of China. And this chart could be quite telling. And, and that's industrial metals, that, yeah. uh, a chart that Bloomberg compiles. That's right. It's the, the Bloomberg Industrial Metals Index. And what it is, it's, it's comprised of the futures contracts on copper, nickel, um, zinc and aluminium. So four metals, all industrial metals. And what's evident here, and this is a weekly chart, by the way, so it goes back three years, but you can see how this index has been trending up very, very nicely over the last two and a half years. But look what's happened recently. We've seen quite a significant break to the downside here. And, and that's been quite a swift move over the last five weeks or so. So, and, and also we've now got the first lower low and the first lower high. Um, on this metals index over the last two and a half years. So that is quite significant. And I think we've just got to keep this in the back of our minds in the context of the global economy. You know, they always talk about Dr. Copper being the, the bellwether or the barometer for the, um, for the global e economy. Um, this is possibly even a better read because it's copper and the other metals that yeah. I mentioned, industrial metals. If this index is breaking to the downside, that's telling you there's weakness in these metals prices. What is that telling us about the global economy? I worry a little bit when I look at this chart in the context of what it could mean for the global economic environment. Yeah, well, if you read that and Niels Heineke's piece, you'll go home and have a very large drink this evening. Yeah. Um, Garth, then turned up, up with uh, what do the portfolios look like? Because it has been pretty active in the local it, front. It has indeed. So here's our South African portfolio. Those are the three stocks that we've been active in this week that we mentioned. So Monday, we made a small profit. Netcare, we've made a profit there. And then obviously the telecom short is in profit at the moment. Okay. So we're sitting with a gain of 17 for the year to date on the South African portfolio, which I'm pretty pleased about at the half year stage. Um, and then on our offshore portfolio, it's still been very static. They haven't done anything here for, for some time now. So we're still sitting with a gain of 4.2% on this portfolio, which is a bit anemic, but um, with a bit more time, maybe I will put some of this money to work. Yeah, okay. And we'll leave it there. And just a, a reminder, people can get a weekly alert if they uh, go onto the website. Garth, thanks as always for joining us. Garth McKenzie is, of course, founder and editor of Traders Corner.